Good morning. The rain has stopped. This is good. Uh, you know, see, we continue on this series, 50 Days of Faith. We've been talking about a lot of different elements and trusting God and getting to the place where we can put more and more trust in him. Today, I want to take a look a little bit at the enemy of faith, which is this whole idea of fear. You saw it in the video, and fear is kind of a, an interesting time of year to be talking about fear. In the next uh, few weeks, you'll see scarier and scarier stuff on the television, I'm guessing. Uh, you'll see scarier and scarier commercials, I- I'm guessing. Um, you'll even see your neighbors uh, decorate their houses in different ways. It's actually the number two holiday for, de- for house decorations in our country today. Um, and so, you know, as you go forward, TV gets a little weirder, your neighbors get a little weirder, I mean, all sorts of stuff. And... Um, and then we celebrate this idea of fear or boo, I guess, on Halloween, right? And uh, as a culture, we just kind of go through that. But I'll ask you this morning, what is it that you fear? What is it that's causing you to limit yourself and limit God in your life? What is it that you fear? And maybe more specifically, in terms of following God, what is it that you fear? You know, when it, is it, do you fear when it comes to relationships? And when I say that, is it, do you struggle trusting the promises that he gives there? I mean, even when it comes to relationships, God has a right way and a wrong way, right? Even within marriage, he shares what love looks like in, in 1 Corinthians 13. And, but what is it that we fear? Do we trust him in our loneliness? Do we trust him to reconcile? Do we trust him to overcome situations or get through circumstances? Do we trust God when it comes to giving and tithing 10% or do we fear what that would mean? Do we trust him as we walk through life with the promises that he's given us or do we let fear take some of those things away? And that's, I guess, really what I want to talk about today. I'm going to give you a couple of statements. I think they're true statements. And then it's going to point to a greater truth. And the first statement is this. Most things worthwhile in life have some risk to it. If you think about that for a little bit, there's some truism in that. Ben Stein, a comedian, once said this, too. If you don't have anything worth dying for, you don't have anything worth living for either. I think both of those statements kind of point toward this truism, that following Jesus and living by faith requires risk. Kind of an interesting time, too, to talk about this in the midst of another shooting, right? The question that was asked, are you a Christian? can't imagine that situation. I was talking with somebody before, and they said, what would you do? I said, I'd like to think I'd say the right thing. I'd like to say I'm a Christian, and then I'd be ushered into paradise immediately, right? Because I'd go to heaven, and Peter said, I'd be willing to die for you. So I don't know how you know until you're in the midst of that circumstance, but I, I hope all of us would say the right thing. But it's fear that would limit us, wouldn't it? Following Jesus and living by faith requires risk. You know, it's just part of life. In a way, all good things in life require risk. Getting married is a risk. Is that fair? Right? I hope she's the right one, you know? I mean, those things. And she get married, she became the right one. And I hope we can work through these things. Having a job is a risk. Is the boss going to like me? Am I following the right career path? All those different things. Having a baby is a risk. And we're terrified until that baby comes out healthy in many ways. There's risk in becoming a Christian, too. Life is filled with all kinds of risks, really, as you go through it. And we live in a society, really, that's trying to minimize all kinds of risks. In fact, how many of you guys like to be risk takers? Show of hands. Love taking risks. There used to be a culture like that. But we try to minimize risks in every possible way so that there's no downside to things that we endeavor to do. 
So the question becomes, because we can't minimize all the risks, all the fears that we have, how do you deal with the fears that come in, that come up when you're taking those risks and stepping out in faith? It's an important question. Again, that's what I want to take a look at this morning. The reality is that God asks us to take risks all the time, to trust him with things we can't control all the time. And he asks, will you trust me? You know, probably one of the most famous stories in the Old Testament is the story of crossing the Red Sea, and it talks about this very issue. If you remember, in the, we just read a huge long text about that story, but just before that, Pharaoh let Moses and all the people of Israel go. Now, it wasn't like an altruistic move. Pharaoh just said, I think I should be free now. He it was ten plagues upon Egypt that decimated the, the crops, that decimated the culture, that decimated the lands, that decimated the leadership. And, and it was just in surrender that Pharaoh said, go, okay, just go. Just go. We, we give. And so they went that night. They took everything. They even took some of the stuff from the Egyptians. They went. And they fled from Egypt for their freedom. And they went into the desert. And five days later, they find themselves in a cul-de-sac. There's mountains on both sides. The Red Sea is in front of them. The only way back out is back the way they came. And they're probably there getting excited, kind of going, hey, we're just kind of hanging out for a vacation before we're going to the Promised Land or what's going on. And just kind of talking through some different things. And all of a sudden, somebody ruins the party. And they say, hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. The Egyptians are coming. And everybody starts freaking out. There's terror that immediately came over everybody. Apparently, Pharaoh had a change of heart, apparently decided letting two million slaves go would cause more ramifications for the country than he had first thought. So in verse, chapter 14, verse 10, it says, The Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians, and they were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord because they were afraid. Afraid that they were going to be killed. They're afraid that they were going to be punished. They're afraid that they were going to be taken back into captivity, and they didn't want any part of it. And it was an interesting thing, this fear and what it does to us. I was doing some study on this, and it actually causes us to do four really unhelpful things. And one of the first things is it causes us to be skeptical, right? Fear makes us skeptical. It causes us to doubt what we say it is that we believe. I'll tell you what, somebody puts a gun to my head, I want to be really sure that what I believe is true. Fair enough? I remember when I was in sophomore in college, and I just kind of start, started thinking, if I'm going to get up Sunday morning, yeah, that was my big trial back in, in college, if I'm going to get up Sunday morning early and go to church, I want to make sure I know who this God is. So I started reading through the Bible for the first time, and I was amazed at what I found. So many of us aren't sure we know what it is that we believe, let alone are convicted by the truths that we say we believe. And so it makes us skeptical when we become afraid. In verse 11, listen to the people. It says, they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to die in the desert? You can almost hear the sarcasm dripping from their voices. They're skeptical because they're afraid. They'd seen 10 plagues happen, but they're still skeptical. They'd seen God do amazing things, but they still don't trust him. Ironically, we usually ridicule the things that we're afraid of too. We have a tendency to doubt things, to be cynical, to be skeptical, to be sarcastic. And it's the root of our fear. The root of, is, is our fear. And Israel is afraid. And they started getting nervous. Fear causes us to be selfish, too. We tend to only think of ourselves, focus on ourselves. Again, I'm just taking it to the screen, but if, again, somebody has a gun to your head, who are you focusing on in that moment? Peter focused on himself. Ran for freedom. Verse 11 says, What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? They're blaming Moses. And we're afraid we tend to blame other people. We don't like the situation we're in. We don't like being asked these questions. We don't like just being where we are. It's got to be somebody's fault. What have you done to us, we say. 
In passing the bus, it's always an expression of fear. You get mad at me and you look at me and say, it's all your fault. I said, no, 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 it's Mike's. I mean, he did it, you know. And immediately I'm trying to shift it because I don't like the feeling that you're giving me. So we accuse others and we excuse ourselves. Why? Because all we can see are, is ourselves in the midst of that circumstance. All we can see is us getting in trouble. All we can see is our fear of what may come. And so we're afraid of the responsibility and we're afraid of the situation and we're afraid of what may be and so we pass the buck and we blame others. We see this in politics. We see this at our work offices. We see this everywhere today. It causes us to be stubborn. Verse 12, they said, Did we not say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone and let us serve the Egyptians? This is not only a dumb statement, but this is where they were. Fear clouds their judgment. It clouds what should be clear to them, what right and what wrong is. Fear causes us, too, to resist change, to resist anything new, to say things like, leave us alone. Things were going fine. Why did you change stuff? You know, I don't like it. And that's the basic attitude for a lot of people in life. Don't get too close to me. It might make me feel uncomfortable. I've been hurt in the past. I don't want any change happening. Don't try anything new. That might threaten me too. Don't set the status quo. Don't rock the boat. Let's just keep things going. It's not that great, but it's not that bad. The favorite phrase of the people when they're afraid is, we've done it, we're done it that way before. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. And fear causes us then to be selfish and skeptical and stubborn. It also causes us to be pretty short-sighted. It would have been better for us to have served the Egyptians than for us to die in the desert and they forgot all the pain, but we do. We, we tend to focus on the past when we're afraid. The good times, even if we have to kind of craft it in our minds to make them good times, we kind of forget about all the bad. We try to live over past situations without the negative and just think of the glory days. Didn't look backwards. Let's retreat. Let's turn around. Let's go back to Egypt. Let's forget this whole idea. And little did they know what lay before them, the promised land. Everything that they could plant in life was right before them. They just had to trust. They just had to believe. But they were too short-sighted because of their fear, and they immediately turned on Moses. They immediately wanted a remedy for what was going to happen. So they cried out, let's go back. You just hear the Israelites saying, remember the good old days of Egypt. There weren't any good old days, right? They were beaten, mistreated, maligned, forced into servitude, oppressed under constant strain and abuse. But the fact is they preferred slavery to the uncertainty of what lay before them. They said, we don't like it the way it was. It was pretty hard, pretty painful, but it was a known quantity. At least I knew what to expect. And they preferred slavery to the uncertainty that lay before them. And it's interesting, really. There's a phenomenon that we hang on to our hang-ups because we know what our hang-ups feel like. This whole idea of getting healthy, this whole idea of freedom, this whole idea of getting to the other side of something terrorizes us because it's new, it's different. There might be more responsibilities laid upon us. It's just a scary thing. And so there's the payoff that we know what it's like. I've had people come up to me in so many words and said, I'd rather keep my self-defeating behavior than risk the fear of change. Why? Because it's an unknown and we're scared of the unknown. But it's because they got short-sighted because they forgot that God's got it. And so when you look at stuff in your life, if you have to go to the extreme because you're not afraid of anything, go to the guy with a gun on your head. That would probably get you going. But there's a lot of things in our life that we're afraid of that keep us from trusting God. I mean, relationships are a big one. There's so much wisdom that he gives us, but do we trust what he says is true? Do we trust the kind of person that we're looking for in a mate? Do we trust that he can help us reconcile and get through difficult situations? Do we trust that he's there for us in the midst of our grief? 
Money's another one. Do we trust that God will provide if we tithe? Man, a lot of people struggle with that when a lot of people fear that God won't come through on his promise. And so they don't put him first in their life because of that fear. But there's all sorts of areas in our life. Relationships, money are just two of the biggest gods that we have in our society. There's so many other different ones. What is it that's keeping you from following God the way he's calling you to? And as you take a look at that fear, I'm going to give you a few remedies that God gives us this morning on how do you overcome the fear in your life. And one of the first steps, it's going to sound funny, but it's just this, let go of your fear. If you're afraid, let go of it. That's just what he says. You know, and look what it says in verse 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. I love that line in scripture. Do not be afraid. He says, let's go, let go of your fear. 365 times in the Bible, he says, fear not. I think it's important to God that we hear that message. We go through life and we start doubting him because of all these fears that we got. He says, don't be afraid. I got this one. This one for every day of the year. And he's just saying, guys, let go cast all your worries, all your stresses, all your anxieties, all your fears. Give them to me. He's begging us. Give them to him. The God of all the things that are holding you back right now from following me, he's crying out, let go of your fear, guys. And it's easy to say, right? But again, if somebody has a gun to your head, there's a lot of things going through your mind. It's easy to say, but how do you actually do that? And the way you actually do that, God says, is by recognizing and reminding yourself of who's ultimately in control. Chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and to encamp by the sea. And so who told the Israelites to go into this cul-de-sac in the first place? It was God. Verse 3, God continues, Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around in the land of confusion, hemmed in by the desert, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh, and all the army and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. See, God was just saying here, I want you to realize that I'm in control here, that I got this, right? You're scared, and I understand that. As you walk through life, there's a lot of things that cause us to stress and to worry and to just be downright scared as we walk through life. But God's just saying, this is a teachable moment for you and for them. He says, I want to teach you to trust me. I, I need you to trust me. Because what's the alternative? We walk around and fear all our lives, don't we? We keep giving in to the same things over and over and over because we're afraid to trust that he can get us through it. He says, stop that, trust me. You've got to trust. And then he says, after we get to that point, he says, look up is the vehicle to do this. In verse 13, Moses answered the people and said, don't be afraid, stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. In other words, I will come through that God will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. That sounds like a story we read a few weeks back. But God says over and over in Scripture, be still and know that I am God. In other words, look up. Look for me to, to help. Look and I'll be found by you. But that's so counterintuitive, isn't it? When we get afraid, don't, what's the first thing we want to do? We want to run. That's what I want to do. I want to run. You know, get afraid of the loud noise, and I want to run the other direction because I don't know. Maybe it's going to have another loud noise, and I don't know what's going to happen. So, so we have this count, this thing in our life that the natural reaction is, I've got to get out of here when we get afraid. I'm leaving. I can't handle the pressure. It's too much, and this is epidemic in our society today. I'm going to leave my wife, my job, my kids. I'm going to quit. I'm going to leave the situation, and we just want to run when things get too hard or too scary because we don't trust that God can get us through. And yet God, when we turn to him, he just says, be still. 
You can't see God act unless you're standing still. You can't see God work you through a situation if you're running the other direction. So he says, look up to me. I'm here. And what's ironic, at least with the people in this story, is that there's nowhere they could have run. I mean, it was a great time to say, be still. There's no alternative but to stand still. The ocean was in front of them. The mountains went on both sides. Pharaoh and his army was behind them. All they could do is be still. And yet, I think if maybe it was me or, or, or some of us, we would build like a, a racetrack in the middle, and we would just keep running around in circles because we have to get rid of all that nervous energy. We've got to control something, so I'll run, I'll run a half mile, you know, or I'll run a mile or whatever it is. See, the Israelites were looking everywhere. They looked to, in every direction, the mountains, the sea, the Egyptians. They looked everywhere but up. Even in spite of all that God had done. So God says, instead of looking out at your problems, I want you to get used to looking up at the source. And when you begin to look up, you begin to loosen up, and you begin to relax, and you start feeling more calm because you realize that somebody's actually got the uncontrollable situation in your life. Why? Because you realize that that's where your help comes from. And then God goes on to give us this last piece, and he just says, okay, now it's time to get going. In verse 15, he picks up, and then it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying to me? I don't know if you guys ever do that. I do. He says, Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. So God's just saying, Stop crying. I'm just going to divide the waters. We're going to walk through it. It's just a piece of cake. And Moses is like, okay, how are we going to do that? See, the fact is that there's a time to pray, but there's also a time to act. There's a time to, to fast and to believe and to expect, and there's a time to move. There's a time to sit and wait and stand firm in expectation, and there's also a time to go for it, to make the investment. See, faith is not a passive word. It's Trust is not a passive word. If I don't believe that chair is going to hold me up, if I don't trust that it's going to hold me up, I'm not going to sit in it. I'm going to actually make a determination on my actions on what I'm going to do in life if I'm going to sit or not sit in that chair. And if I don't trust it's going to hold me up, I'm not going to do it. You see, we always act according to what we believe is true, according to what we trust. We don't ever act, almost ever, counterintuitively to that. God's just saying, I want you to trust me. And so there's a point where we get active. It's moving, it's stepping out, it's launching out, it's forging ahead because we trust the God who said it. In other words, and I love this imagery, if you ever want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. But we do great at sitting in the boat and saying, ah, water looks pretty calm, I could probably do it. You know, get the boat moving fast enough, you know, I've heard guys barefoot on the water, you know, maybe we could do that. And we came up with all these ideas and then God says, just get in the water. We're like, all right, you know, and... You know, we're gonna put, you know, it's a little, you think it's cold in the water? You can walk on top of it. And we come up with all these excuses of why we can't get out of the boat. And it's just fear, right? It's fear that keeps us from following. It's fear that think, makes us think that God won't come through on the promises that he's made. It's fear that stops us short. We know so much, some of us, right? We, we know what God says, that he loves us, that he cares about us. It's just putting that into action that's so hard. And so what is it that you're afraid of today? You know, I say that because according to biology, you as a human being genetically only have two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Those are the only two legitimate fears you have if you're a human being. Every other fear that you have, you've learned somewhere. And the greatest news about that is that if you've learned it, you can unlearn it. 
right? God says over and over and over, when it comes to fears, move against your fear and you'll overcome it. I'll help you overcome it. Ask any psychologist and they'll tell you the same thing the Bible does. Move against your fears. So God says to Moses, move on, take a risk. Step out and watch your fears vanish from before you. Watch the waters part and I'll let you walk through on dry ground. Face your fears. And so what's your Red Sea this morning that's keeping you from getting out of the boat? What is it that you're afraid of? What painful hang-up in your life are you willfully holding on to because you're scared? Whatever it is, I dare you, I encourage you to take these steps of faith this morning. To let go of the fears in your life, the guilt, the things that are keeping you down, the things that incapacitate you from moving forward. And remember that God's in control. To look up and to grab hold of Jesus. Because he's the one that can take away your fears and your sins and your problems and then all the struggles that life has brought you so far. But you've got to look up and grab hold of Jesus. To remember that he's part of the equation. And let him heal you. And let him forgive you. Let him do that miracle in your life. And then you've got to launch out in faith. You've got to take a risk in your life. You've got to get out of the boat. You've got to trust God for something more in your life right now. And let that step of faith begin today. It, look, I've been studying this a long time, and one thing I know about God from all the study of it is that he loves you so much. We have a God that loves you so much. He cares about what you're going through right now in your life. He sees your pain. He sees your struggle. He sees your hardship. He knows And we have a God that is for us and not against us. A God that desires only the best for us. He wants us in heaven. He promises even to work even the crummiest things that you can imagine out for our good in life. He loves you so much and he sent us Jesus that we could never debate that. We would just know. And he did all that so that you'd never have to fear again. So that you'd never have to doubt again. So that you could just trust that you could find peace. And all God's people said, amen. Let us pray. Father, we love you so much. And life is difficult, but you are good. I think so often, Lord, we just struggle with the trust part. It's, it's what faith is all about. It is faith. It's trusting you and what you've said is true in the midst of the complexities and the hardship and the frustrating parts of life. It's trusting that you know better even when we want to do the other thing. It's trusting you when we're afraid. And Father, we are afraid if we confess to a lot of things. And sometimes there's just things in our life that we're afraid to trust you with. Afraid to trust you with our loneliness. We're afraid to trust you with our relational struggles. We're afraid to trust you with our money. We're afraid to trust you with the future. We're afraid to trust you with our health. God, I just pray this morning that you would send your spirit out to us and that you would give us a renewed perspective, a strength to trust you for more and more in our life so that more and more of our life we could experience peace. I pray that today in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.